throw it. Slam. This bud's for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than this, man. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the uh, speed option play designer for the Tigers, Colin Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, the fro field squeegee boy, Brian Goers. Yeah, working on becoming the coordinator. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we had a little more time to prepare for this week. Not that it's going to make the show any better. Absolutely due, not. Due to the Thursday game. It is currently Saturday night, and uh, we watched our Tigers play a miserable, miserable game in miserable weather conditions against the Bulldogs and Dak Prescott, and uh, lo and behold, we lost. It was a shocker. Yeah, I tell you what. I mean, Didn't see that coming. <laughs> yep. I, um, I have gotten to the point it's a little more comfortable to watch these games because I, I'm i just comfortably numb. You're no longer emotionally invested. Yeah, I'm divested from uh, giving a shit. Yeah, the Tigers uh, didn't play well, but uh, they played pretty much how they played the rest of the year. I, I'd say the first half uh, was an improvement. Uh, now, granted, an improvement for the Missouri offense just means you went from completely inept and miserable to just very bad. Mm-hmm. But very bad's an improvement, and uh, Baggett kicked some field goals in the driving rain, or a field goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We scored a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Russell Hansborough, for the first time, was jump-stopping and doing things that uh, we hadn't seen him do all year. It looked very Hansborough-esque, he did. Yeah, so the uh, Tigers had 11 days to prepare from the bye week to the Thursday night game, and mm-hmm. we saw virtually no sign of coaches doing anything differently to try to improve the situation that we find ourselves in this late in the season. Nope. I think that uh, our biggest success was basically thanks to the weather. Yeah, it was... Wetter than a mermaid's twat out there, and mm-hmm. uh, it made even Ish Witter able to slip tackles. It, did, it, was, it was wetter than a cucumber at a women's prison. <laughs> it was wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. The point is it was very wet outside. <laughs> there, there had been some rain. So there was a lot of talk. We talked a little bit about, uh, a little bit a lot about uh, the Matty Mock suspension prior to the game, which uh, led to another start by Drew Locke in which he was under constant pressure. Uh, The offensive line, which has been bad all year, uh, showed its true stripes against the the uh, run most of the season, but they gave Drew Locke absolutely no time to pass the ball. Yeah, it was as miserable performance as they've had, and they've had some very miserable performances. Yes, they put on a clinic on misery. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awful. It, I feel bad for Locke. His his like QBR was like three. Yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous, and it, it, it it's not his fault. I mean, there were a couple that a were part clear. of it was yeah, his as you fault. Said, yeah. it was a couple that were his fault, but the interception he threw early in the second half to nowhere. Yeah, well, he not nowhere floated. to the Mississippi well, State quarter. He cornerback. said that that sure. was he was trying to get out of bounds, and he was backpedaling. Mm-hmm. He just didn't put enough on it to get out of bounds, and he says that uh, you know he sh- that was just a poor throw by him and he took full credit for it and but i thought watching the game that he had actually was trying to get it to the receiver who was 
nowhere near where the ball landed, but he says he was trying to throw it out of bounds. Either way, big-time fresh mistake. Yeah. Matty Mock-esque in its execution. Mm-hmm. The ghost that, of Mock was on the field. You know, I don't know about next year and the year after, but you'd think a freshman getting to play this much would be a good thing ultimately. It would help development and uh, experience, and maybe it will, but it's hard to believe that this is going to help his development, playing behind this line and this offense. Because if anything, it's just destroying his confidence. I mean, just destroying I mean, he walked onto that field in South Carol- when we played South Carolina with a bit of swagger, mm-hmm. with a, where you could see the confidence. He was accurate um, and uh, poised. Yeah, very poised. Poised is the word that fit it best. And he does not seem to have any of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. looks like a, a house on fire. and He uh, looks like a guy trying to play quarterback with no offensive line. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like. And no open receivers. I mean, it, it, Jesse Palmer or whoever did the game kind of diagrammed one of the plays from a distance and showed you how the goddamn receiver for Missouri basically ran to the defensive back on one play. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. didn't undercut the defensive back, didn't go deep behind him, just ran to him. Well, uh, you know, watching the game, it, it was exciting to watch some of the uh, some of the receivers, you know, get separation and catch a touchdown pass. And then I remembered that that was Mississippi State's offensive players, and, and mm-hmm. just that it showed the perfect contrast to our team, right? So I, I think it was their their first or second touchdown, a you know, little little fade route that Miss, the Mississippi State, you know, he like kind of last minute pushed off a little bit, but within the, within the rules and, and hauled it in and made a great catch. And he created separation. The quarterback didn't throw the ball into any kind of a special place where only he could catch it necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just made space like and went shoulder. up and caught the ball. Yeah. I tweeted during the game. I'm like, how is a player get open? How do their players get open? And ours are never open. Yeah. Never. I mean, I mean, Drew Locke play, has been playing poorly, but when they show you the replay and you get a chance to look at it from the end zone angle, nobody's open. And I scream about it. I've screamed about it before. I scream about it on Twitter. One goddamn drag route. You know what I mean? The, the player has an opportunity to run horizontally and just get some, some separation at some point. And there's, the only play we seem to have in the playbook is run a fly pattern on one side, a go route on the other, up the sideline. Yeah. And... Hope Drew Locke can throw through people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they're still they're still afraid to throw over the middle. Well, and the worst part is, Brian, they did that in South Carolina. They had some short, intermediate little routes, and they worked good. It was efficient. And in this game, to a tight end, perhaps. Yeah, and in this game, they the started first, the first couple throws they made were yeah. like a little short, like seven yards turn, catch the ball, simple, quick, accurate throws. I didn't see it the rest of the fucking game. It's yeah. just it's. It's unbelievable at this point. I, you watch these games, and I don't know how Pinkle doesn't turn over half of the offensive staff next year. I just, I think I he will. Don't I, know how he can. AJ Rickard is gone, in my opinion, because yeah. somebody's head's going to have to roll for this. And my prediction is, is it'll be AJ Rickard and Henson. But AJ Rickard, at the very least, has to go. And maybe it's unfair. I don't, you know, not being in the coaches' meetings or knowing how much. You know, every coaching staff is... I hate to interrupt your bullshit, but here we go. <laughs> You're on the Mazzotcast. Who we got? Uh, Tim. Uh, you guys probably know me better on Twitter than Ziggy, though. As, repeat that? Oh, the Mizzou dude. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, my phone's almost dead, though. Okay, well, tell us what you got. Well, it's hard to choose. I mean, the line's just pathetic. 
Uh, it's not. I, I saw improvement at least. He scored a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One. Yeah, better than nothing. Right. Uh, it's just crazy to think that we have the best defense in the nation, and uh, our offense can't really do much at all. Um, but with this defense in like 2007, 2013, I, we would be legit national championship uh, winners, maybe. Mizzou really is an optimist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I think best in the nation is a little strong. I mean, we did give well, up 31 points uh, to Mississippi State. We got exposed in the passing, passing game. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a clear difference in the season has been the excellent defense and the absolute lack of an offense. It's just been it, abysmal. Yeah, pressing kind of a waste of a defense. Yeah, indeed. Put up. Yeah. I, honestly, I was surprised that our offense scored a touchdown for a defense. Yeah. But if you're you're uh, Gary Pinkle, who do you fire? Who do you get rid of? Uh, I don't want to call anyone out. Uh, <laughs> I do. That's all we do. Do you ever listen to this show? <laughs> we love calling people out. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's not like Josh Hinkson's never had a good offense. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to see some yeah, AJ Ricker yeah. on the offensive line, it's Something has to change. But the season they had last year. Vincent has been a diminishing returns every year. Since he's been here, right. we've, gotten, we've gotten worse every single year. Correct. I mean, in 2013, I had some help, but when you have NBA power forwards as your wide receivers, it shouldn't be that hard to throw it up. It looks like, it looks like Matty Mock was a Heisman Trophy candidate with those guys. Yeah, he made, made Matty Mock look a lot better. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, Go charge. Thanks for taking it. Good time, yeah, go charge that phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I can expect uh, at least a couple more of these. I can imagine uh, yeah. calls bitching and moaning about the defense. He was optimistic yeah. about yeah. our defense. Yeah. I mean, listen, our defense was, um, I think maybe it was Joe Wall Jasper who may have mentioned in his article, we were maybe top 25, but maybe not top five, maybe a little overly optimistic. I think going going into the week, I think we had a, a top five defense when you just looked at their resume, right? But sure. but this game was clearly not a top five defense performance. I mean, you still gave up. You gave up 303 yards passing. Who we got on the line? We got Worldwide Techs. <laughs> Boom. What do you got for us? Uh, well, you know, when high school friends call me and uh, I haven't spoken to in 10 years and they only seem to text me when we lose to Norfolk State, or you know, our players are boycotting. That's always a fun way to spend your evening. Yeah, uh, we haven't got to that yet. Yeah, we hadn't even gotten to the uh, the heat of the uh, the night. So as I mentioned, we're recording Saturday evening, and the news has been breaking about the Missouri football uh, African American players boycotting the uh, the football team. Actually, all Mizzou athletics have been boycotting uh, until the resignation of Tim Wolf. So. Yeah, our our uh, team. The football team in general has been boycotting just playing good football for about a month now. <laughs> yeah, this I one makes a statement. I'm all for removing racists, and I don't really know what Wolf did. I know that he tried to explain systematic... He uh, sat on his thumbs, basically. Yeah. It, it, systematic depression to a group, an angry group, um, a mob, that doesn't seem like that's a good idea. Um, but I wish they were boycotting uh, AJ Ricker and uh, <laughs> and Coach Henson. Um, 
Um, but uh, I, I don't know where you guys were on, on talking about the uh, shit show that is our athletic program right now. But uh, I'd say we were that's about where I am. we were about knee deep in shit. That's where we were. <laughs> oh, so you just towards, started a few minutes. Ago. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we just yeah. started. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, in good news, we got a new recruit for the 2017 season. That, mm-hmm. that seems great. That when we might be able to win an SEC game, only two um, years that, away. That uh, that South Carolina game is looking better and better as they uh, put up a fight against uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, uh, Brett Bellamy. Did you guys see the video of him talking about hopping on his wife? No, um, no, please do tell. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm he, willing to take that job if he's not up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she's a little bit of a butterface, but she has a nice uh, figure. <laughs> I believe they uh, call that a bangle. The, Great uniform, yeah. bad helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I was always with the Monet, good from far, far from good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the, uh, the scenario was he was at a press conference, and he said, what are you going to do next? He goes, I'm going to hop on my wife. I mean, I'm going to hop on the plane with my wife. I can't believe I just said that. So, anyway. If he hops on his wife, she's going to die. Yeah, yeah. So he, luckily, he only has about a, a, a two-inch vertical leap, so there's not a lot of hopping. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll let the other two-inch comments go in, um, <laughs> as they will there. But uh, he, uh, he seems to be, um, I don't know, building that program into, you know, world beaters of Toledo. Oh, wait, they lost that game. Yeah, so, oops. Uh, but um, anyway, that's, Vanderbilt, that's my take on <laughs> that's my take on what's going on in the world of sports. Um, but uh, it seems that it's bigger than that at Mizzou. As this continues to be a, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a whiteout game. I'm not sure if you guys knew about that um, in Kansas City. Since we're playing BYU, so, yeah. But, uh, anyway, you, you called just for that one, did you? <laughs> Tried to work that one in, yeah, but right. anyway, I, I hope everything and everyone's safe there. In, in all honesty, there. yeah, that's um, too. It, it, uh, but I'll let you guys get back to it. I've taken up too much of your good time. No problem. Um, Thanks for calling in. We appreciate yeah. it. M I Z Z O U. So, so he brings up the yeah. Might as well get to it. We may not protest, have a football right. team to report on um, unless they fire somebody. <laughs> sounds like quick, quick little context to this, and then I, you know, I guess we can just stick to the more of the football side of things, but. Uh, yeah, what's a, going on right now, Brian? Tell us. There's been a lot of protests along on campus for the last few months, and it's boiled over. It's been a year probably in the making. But well, just take us to the beginning, Brian. I mean, um, just the, how did it all start? Really, I mean, I'm serious. Like, so the the, who, the there was a gentleman who works for Mizzou. He was both black and gay. Correct? Is this? Is so the the student body president, and and this is where it became more public. There had been other things going on before that, but. The, the student body president is he is black and and yes he is gay as well and he um, was double threat yeah he he was uh, called a racist term just walking down the street got pissed off about it which rightfully so and and wrote up this kind of long Facebook post just with airing his frustrations with being on a college campus and having to put up with that kind of yeah. blatant racism you should um, have to go to Kansas for that right. Right, I think that was his Good point. point yeah. um, and so that got picked up nationally, um, but it also, it you know, it, it certainly students certainly sort of rallied behind that a little bit. And, and well, and more incidences followed. Yes, and, there, and there's, there's been numerous incidences where, you know, whether it be people walking around using the N word or um, the most recent was a swastika uh, drawn in feces. Mm-hmm. On a bathroom stall, which is unusual because the uh, up to this point it had just been uh, 
offensive plays drawn up in feces in Josh Henson's personal bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a bit of a change, but anyway, uh, so recently, but fast forward but to recently to, to, here, but given recently, I mentioned the multiple, multiple incidences because the feeling for these protesters, if I'm not mistaken, is that the administration, of the university is a little bit set on their hands a little bit yeah. about this. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair take on that. And so on homecoming, a group of students blocked the parade route in front of Tim Wolf's car and protested. And mm-hmm. um, Mizzou fans in general didn't react well, but Tim Wolf didn't react well as either. I mean, they, he didn't react at all, which I think is the, the I don't know. I, issue I, maybe the taking. only way you can react something like that is just to kind of try to keep your head down and move forward. So that that has then that sort of put the attention on him as opposed to the University of Missouri. Yeah. Columbia in particular, right? And um, so the, some of the students met with him. The meeting didn't go well. One yeah, he stu- was a bit... One student has... Yeah, v- very short with them. A little bit um, glib, probably. Yeah, yeah, reportedly. A lot, lot of... Well, I didn't know that's happening. I don't know that. Then, yeah, um, which, head in the sand is not a good position to take. And a student has started... After that meeting, a student has started a hunger strike until he's removed. And, and, and got a lot of support. And the students have started protesting to try to have Tim Wolf, who's the University of Missouri system president, removed from office. And so, flash forward to now, today, and something like 20... 30. 30 um, Mizzou football players, black football players, have... Uh, officially said that they are not going to participate in any athletics-related things. And that doesn't constitute the entire black population of the team, but some of the very notable faces in the picture you might notice is Charles Harris, uh, Russell Russell Hansborough, several others. But enough guys that uh, Mizzou, something's going to come to a head because we're either not going to have a football team or this guy's getting shit-canned. Well, and and I think one of the things, so bringing this more back to the Mazadcast and the football side of things is, I, I certainly don't remember anything like this from listening, growing up, watching Mizzou football, where players, for political reasons, unless you guys can think of something, players for political reasons said that they weren't going to play, and not just you know one or two, a significant number. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, I, I think a, a, an important note to this is that Josh Gibson, uh, defensive back for Mizzou, says that they have the coaches, John. Josh. John. 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 I'm bad with names. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, um, <laughs> he, uh, he basically said coaches are on board. Discuss with coaches. Coaches are behind him 100%. Yeah. And uh, if, uh, listen, uh, it's going to be hard to sympathize with Tim Wolf in this situation because he has bungled this from the word go. But, geez, this guy's going to lose his job over this. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, it's just hard for – I don't like anybody losing their job unless it's a football coach named Josh Henson or an offensive line coach named A.J. Ricker. But yeah. it's it's hard to it's somebody's the livelihood. Football is brown. <laughs> yeah, Josh Jensen, of course. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's what's going on. Like as we, we got ready to sit down and record the Mazadcast, is uh, all of a sudden our Twitter feed lights up with um, huh. uh, these black athletes on the football team saying we're standing behind uh, this the, guy on hunger strike and we're, well, we want we want this change. Yeah, and, uh, I think well, and it's a powerful statement. I mean, uh, I think everybody in the Columbia area knew all about the situation. For sure, and probably in Kansas City and St. Louis, but this will be national news. Absolutely, uh, it already is. I yeah. mean, Deadspin was the, one of the first. Well, to and not to bring up it. a sore spot, because um, I know we said we wouldn't talk about it anymore. But you know, Dave Matter may not find us a credible source, but Booger McFarland's contacting us directly, asking us what's going on in Como. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, you know, we're like Booger. Here's what's up. You yeah, know, as far yeah. as we know. So, you know, if you don't know Booger, he's a friend of the show and is. Uh, 
is a personality on um, the SEC network. You know, and, and I'll, I'll say this too. You, you can have whatever opinion you want about the protests, about what's happening, but it, it takes a lot of guts, I think, for especially in their roles as football players, as, as potentially going to the NFL someday, mm-hmm. to, to say, we're, not gonna, we're gonna take a stance, we're not gonna participate. I mean, that, that's, depending on how it all shakes out, that's potentially giving up their livelihoods as NFL players. Well, and this is, you know, it's, this is not really a football subject from the standpoint of it, it, what you may not know about the university right now is it's been a bit of a shit show with, with this, with yeah. the Wolf situation. And uh, Mr. Lofton, who is the chancellor, is basically, um, you know, the English department has said, it gave him a vote of no confidence. I mean, it's, there's been a rumor that his head's about to roll. So mm-hmm. the, some of the, the muckety-mucks here at the university um, are having just as bad a time at it as the football team is on the, on the field. Yeah. It, BYU, you know, that, that game, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume nothing happens between now and next week, you know, the next Saturday or whatever when they go up to Arrowhead. It has to. to play, but mm-hmm. I, they that, can't that not would have be, a football team. I, yeah. Well, I mean, well, well I'll tell you what, this is Tyler Hunt's best shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got, he's going to get some snaps for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as, far as, as far as running backs go, he's the only white running back on the roster. So, well, yeah, he's going to be. And so it sounds like Athletics is going to put together a response. That was I saw some tweets about that as well. So I'm curious to see what will happen there. But I'm also curious to see what happens to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Because it wouldn't surprise me if there are other members of the team who are not black who are like, yeah, I'm right and there with you. I'm in certain, solidarity. I'm certain yeah. that you. This is going to be. This is a, this is a snowball effect. I mean, there's no more public face of a university than their football team, and the football team, as the face of the university, more so than anything else, has basically championed this cause. Now, I would expect to see the basketball team for the follow suit. I would expect to see the student population really get behind it. I mean, I think this is the – I wouldn't, don't want to call it a pebble that starts the avalanche because I think the young man who started the hunger strike did that. But it's certainly a, a rock that has broken loose that's going to fucking begin a sea of rocks tumbling downhill. Yeah, it, it's going to – it's just – it's so interesting because, again, I just – I can't think of anything remotely like this because the only thing I can think of is, you know, you saw after some of the Ferguson, Ferguson stuff where, like, the Rams were doing, like, the hands up, you know, don't shoot. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Stuff and, There'll be and, some negative blowback from this too. I oh, mean, you've sure. already, if you've looked at tweets on Twitter, there are ignorant assholes on there. Oh yeah, we're, I'm seeing some some very racist, ugly stuff showing up already. But yeah. it's just it's rare for this number of or this let's call it percentage of a of a team right to completely say we're not going to play until something <laughs> Bet- changes. Between no. this football program's acceptance and and. Of Michael Sam and now this, they are like the most PC. Like get out in front of it. I, don't, are, I wouldn't call them PC. I'd call them just progressively activist. Well, no, I mean I, I, I was going to say I don't mean, I don't mean yeah, PC as a derogatory point. term. I just mean that Mizzou's football program has kind of been on the forefront of Mizzou's football doing what's program. Right. They ought to be uh, running the administration at this point. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I, who knows if they're how they're handling the sort of Matty Mock situations? But they're certainly handling the. Uh, Handling these situations very, very well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, uh, it's going to be a busy day for us. Uh, I'm out of beer right now, so I think it's time we took a break. We'll Maybe come get back, back to talking a little more football. <laughs> get back to try to circle it back to football. If I recall, I think our producer, Jules, is we're uh, scheduled to have an interview with Drew Locke later in the show. Yep, well, that should yep. be hey, very that. interesting. 
That, so. that ladies and gentlemen, is a get. Yeah. So, so you, some inside information. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, if you if you survive, I'm not sure you'll have a lot of inside information on this particular story, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, when we get back to it, uh, prepare for our Drew Locke interview. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Biggest disaster in Colombia since the put down game. The Mazad cast. And we're back, and uh, we have a special guest for you tonight. Uh, starting quarterback for the Missouri Tigers, Drew Locke, is joining us. Thanks for being here, Drew. Keepers, thanks for having me. Well, uh, Drew, it's been a little bit of a tough year, but an exciting one for you. You're a freshman quarterback starting in the SEC. Tell us what life is like. Oh, boy, where do I start? Uh, gosh, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, I was at prom last year, and uh, now I'm the starting quarterback, and uh, it's been it's been a it's been an experience. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, the the offensive line hasn't really helped you out too much, but tell me what you think about this line and whether they can get better. Oh golly, you know, I I don't want to be too hard on the offensive line. I mean, they're they're, they're giving their all. They're they're doing their best. You know, granted, their best is just terrible but uh, you know those guys are are given given all they've got so uh, gosh darn it that's okay tell us a little bit about as a rookie freshman quarterback what is your pregame ritual like what do you do to prepare for a big time college football game oh boy i, I usually get up and i watch uh, a paw patrol uh to kind of calm my nerves because it can get a little overwhelming knowing i'm going to play football that day and I usually take a nap about 10 in the morning if the game time allows for it. And then I drink a warm glass of milk and, uh, and I, 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 I strap on the pads and I get ready to play some football. You know, uh, a lot of people have talked about your youth and just uh, youth and inexperience and, and uh, how it's contributed to your game. Do you feel like a, a freshman rookie quarterback out there or do you feel like uh, just one of the team? Ooh, oh, I, I feel like one of the team. The guys have, have really made me welcome and, you know, especially Matty uh, when he was still around, he he, he was really helpful. Uh, he liked to stay out a lot later than I did. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Hill has me on a strict bedtime of seven thirty, and I try to adhere to that pretty close. And uh, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him. But you know, everybody's made me feel oh shucks, just just so welcome. You know, SEC Nation, the big uh, SEC Network national broadcast, was in town this week. That had to be pretty exciting for you. Oh yeah, it was it was neato. I got to meet lots of folks, and uh, there was this bald fellow with big ears who seemed to think I should know who he was. Uh, he talked to me a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, then I got to meet a, a personal hero, Tim Tebow. It was really neato. Yeah, you like Tim Tebow, huh? Oh, yeah, and it was great because after the game, uh, you know, he hung out with us, and, and uh, we, we went out and had a good time, and it, he, he really gets my brand of entertainment, and you know, he stayed at the at the players' dorms with us and everything, and 
it was it was really cool. Uh, and but you know, I know he's got a kind of a reputation as being pretty straight laced, but he stayed up later than anybody because I, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and him and this other guy were playing a game of leapfrog. And and boy, he may be a good football player, but he just couldn't get over this other fellow. But boy, was he trying. He just tried and tried and tried. I think it just goes to show what a great competitor he is. Is that right? I had no idea that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was a. They were really, really tr- playing that game hard. A lot of, a lot of grunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, I guess I'm going to move on from that. Okay. BYU is next week. What do you know about BYU, and how are you preparing for them? Oh golly, huh? You know, just watching a lot of tape with Coach Henson, uh, explaining to him how football works. Uh, <laughs> trying to trying to figure out how to how to how to get some points on the board gosh darn it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so drew you've only been out of high school since uh, may what's the difference between being a, a college athlete and a high school student oh boy uh there's a lot of differences i mean the, the level of competition first of all is just first and foremost it's just you know unreal and i always have to say the quality of trim really is 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 quite a bit higher Mm-hmm. Quite a bit higher. Yeah. Do you have some girls following your? Sure. Sure, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really I try to concentrate on football most of the time, but but Corey is is pretty uh, adamant that I that I cultivate those relationships and and uh, and 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 bring him along with me just about everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So you don't have a girlfriend on campus then? No, no. There's so many girls that that want to talk to me with my pants off. Um, it, it's hard to, to just have one. I, I really feel like it would be kind of, I don't know, it might make some girls sore if I just chose one and didn't let the others have a chance at me with my pants off. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't a college football player myself, so I, didn't, I don't know how that works, uh, the, the pants off talking. Well, I mean, I guess uh, imagine this, that um, there's an A-10 warthog, and it's got a Gatling gun on the front of it. Mm-hmm. And instead of shooting spent uranium, it shoots pussy. And that's kind of what it's like. <laughs> it's very descriptive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, Drew, um, thanks, for, thanks for being with us. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, I hope you'll consider coming on the show again. <laughs> oh, sure. This has been fun. M-I-Z. <laughs> Z-O-U. Well, Brian, did you enjoy, enjoy that interview? Uh, yeah, Drew is an interesting guy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm shocked, honestly, that uh, uh, we could get him on the show. Uh, uh, again, another huge interview for the podcast. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it, it was I, interesting. Interesting moment. Uh, the the Tim Tebow story. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that he stayed yeah. in the no, storm. I, I feel like though he's right. I most of Tim Tebow's fans would probably be very disappointed in their hero if they looked at his uh, search history on his computer, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. That, that may, wow, I feel like that's going to be a big, big, that's uh, a big scoop, scoop for us. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to get tweet out this episode and let everybody know that Drew Locke came on. Absolutely. I think a lot of people will want to hear that, and it's a lot of insight into how football works here at Mizzou. Sure. So, uh, goddamn, what do we got next? <laughs> well, we could still talk about the game. I mean, we got to midway, uh, almost a halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get back to that for just a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking about a football game. Yeah, there was a football game this this, this week between uh, between callers and... You all right over there, Brian? And, I'm uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
and the the breaking news. But um, so we had a bit of a running game going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was nice to see. We completely abandoned it, um, <laughs> as Josh Henson is wont to do. And uh, but at halftime. This game was 14-13. I will say this. I still had zero, and I mean zero confidence that that meant anything. We were still going yeah. to lose, and I was proven absolutely correct. I mean, I think, I think we've reached this point. You know, I may have said this already, but I think we've reached this point where you know, it doesn't hurt to watch Mizzou play because you just know they're going to lose. Yeah. And so, oh, you're like, oh, look, the, the game is close. It must mm-hmm. be the first quarter. It's like being a paraplegic and being kicked in the balls. I mean, it, you're still being kicked in the balls, but you just don't feel it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's true. Well, and I think the other thing that, that skewed this towards our favor a little bit is the just torrential downpour, yeah. right? I mean, that, well, like I said, Ishwood are slipping tackles, so you, yeah, that can only that, tell you that. That uh, clearly made, it, made the score. You know, we a little should bit mention, Brian, Tyler Hunt got a couple opportunities and did what he has done. Every time he's managed to touch the ball and that make not just, you know, good plays, explosive plays. I mean, yeah. he and the, the great thing about this was after the game, the press went at Pinkle about Tyler Hunt, more carries Tyler Hunt, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, it's funny how he has a 70 yard plays and then you guys start asking about him. And I'm like, that is just the shittiest yeah. bullshit answer ever. I almost but, feel like he's just saying it to cover his own ass because if he. If he admits that people have been calling for him and then he has this sort of success that it makes him look like an idiot, which it does. But, uh, you know, the press immediately jumped all over that on Twitter. We're like, yeah. we've asked quite a bit about that. Yeah. What, what does Tyler Hunt do in practice? Because I just am assuming at this point, like, either Tyler Hunt refuses to practice. I think he just runs around or get practice with his dick out going. Yeah, because. And that's just really that bad. Is yeah. that? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's unorthodox. I know. What I know about college football strategy, you could put in a shot glass, but I I didn't realize that uh, running around with your dick out was bad for getting on the field. Uh, it, it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but clearly he has to. He must have the worst practices known to man. It just doesn't make any sense to me that. I mean, because yeah, you're right, right? I mean, he touches the ball and he makes positive yards. Hey Brian, we're getting a call. Hold on one second. You're on the Mazadcast. Who have we got? This is Ryan from uh, Magnolia, New Jersey. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, I would just like to uh, discuss, I don't know if it was discussed today on the uh, podcast yet, but um, I like to talk about Kenshaw Brothers being snubbed from the Buckets Award list. Uh, we haven't even brought that up yet. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, the worst yeah, snub in the world. Yeah, there's five other SEC linebackers on there, and he's not one of them. You mean to tell me he's the sixth best linebacker in the uh, SEC? God, not no. just the sixth best linebacker in the SEC, not even in the top ten in the country. I can only imagine yeah, and, it's and, penis envy because his cock is enormous. And, and, and it's not even like it's the record because there's a Utah State linebacker on there. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, you can't even blame it on us being a terrible, terrible football team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we are a elite defense, and our best player can't even get on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I we I'm glad you brought that up because it's not something we've talked about. And then the day or you know the game after he gets snubbed from that list, um, he puts on a hell of a performance against Mississippi State and uh, blocks a punt and just has I think he had 14 tackles. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think if there's any saving grace, I think Paul, I think Paul Feinbaum had something to do with it. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum may have had something to do with it. Yeah, I, I think that the saving grace is he's won some Kirk Farmer's hair player of the games, and that's a pretty pretty high honor. Exactly. If, if you want anything in your trophy case, it's, it's they probably that. They probably saw that and decided not to give him the award because they're like, well, he's already won so much. 
Right, yeah, make the other guys jealous, the other linebackers jealous. Yeah, because with, with that award, I mean, it's, I mean, there's nothing higher than that. It's no. prestige. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, I, I think the best he, we can do is he can just keep kicking ass and, and, and show what a stupid, stupid snub that was. Yeah, if he ends the, exactly. if he ends the year with the leading tackler in the nation and he's not even a finalist, that, that will be the icing on the cake, right? You'll just you look at that and just shake your head. Because right now, but he had like 100 going into this week. He had like 106 tackles. tackles. The closest guy to him had 80. 85. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, and he put on another 14 with a block punt on top of that. Right, right. So yeah. And missed a, missed a sack by a cunt hair. Yeah. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Good of him to bring up brothers who uh, had another terrific game, obviously. And uh, But uh, back to Tyler Hunt and this offense. You're on the Mazzotcast. Who have we got? Hey, this is uh, Bob. Bob Miller. Hey, Bob. What are you calling about? This is what my buddy told me. Okay. He said, Matty Mock paid the kid $500 to say the N-word across campus. And in response, Terry Beckner Jr. at, at midnight tonight is going to take a chainsaw, a chainsaw to the middle column at Mizzou. <laughs> now, now, okay. you're getting them boys under control out there. I don't know what's going on. I'm just letting you guys know. I, I want to put a stop for this because I don't like, I don't like this thing that's happening at Mizzou, you know? Yeah, so who's your buddy? Uh, my buddy, uh, Ryan. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I think he seems a, like a credible source. It is a well-known. <laughs> it's a pretty well-known fact that uh, that that Ryan has a scoop on on all chainsaw-related incidents on campus <laughs> to this point. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll send Brian out there to the columns tonight to keep an eye out for you if you want us to do it. You do that because I don't want Terry Beckner getting in no trouble. I think he he can be a first-round draft pick. You don't need to be doing something stupid like this. I don't know what's going on in Mizzou right now, man. I'm just worried about my team. We are too. So, well, thanks for calling. And, uh, and like I said, we're going to have Brian out there, midnight okay. vigil, checking out to, uh, yeah. to stop uh, any chainsaws. I'll let Ryan know you all got watch. All right. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. You have a nice day. You do the same. Well, that's something different. I couldn't <laughs> tell if he was serious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this guy just fucking with us or is that. Uh, Joel, now, producer Joel, you need to screen those calls. Now, <laughs> yeah. Well, now you know, I have to go sit out by the columns all night. This, well, you know. That job sucks. You know, it leads us back to something we said a little earlier in that when Coach Pinkle gives no information about why these suspensions are happening and what discipline is being taken place, people will, will just fill the void. Yeah, they will. Yeah. They will fill it in, fill in the void themselves. They will write their own narrative. So, and that's quite a narrative. <laughs> that is the first time I'd heard <laughs> that's that one. Different, yeah, it's um, different than our sources. Yeah, you know, I don't I think heard, I don't think Dave Matter tweeted that one. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> cocaine mentioned once in that account. So um, that's different from everything I've heard. Yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, and tweet that out to Dave Matter so he can get that uh, get that <laughs> yeah. out in the post. Investigate <laughs> for us. Yeah. Uh, chainsaw to the middle column, Matty Mock. Okay, yeah, we'll just move along. I think from there. Ryan was. Uh, Dave Matters actually second source on the Fieldhouse incident, so mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Well, Buddy Ryan, not the Buddy Ryan, but his Buddy Ryan uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, I think, as credible as anybody. I think he can take that to the bank. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, where were we at? Good on God Almighty! Between the interviews and the phone calls and the uh, the breaking news about the uh, the racial oh, incidents, oh, oh. I don't even know where we are. In this I remember show. where we were at. We were talking about our offense and Coach Henson. The football is brown! 
Yeah, that coach Henson. Okay. And um, he went away from the running game, which was not smart. He continued to call plays that didn't make a lot of sense. I, I really had optimism at the beginning of the game. We mentioned that he threw a couple short passes. I thought maybe they figure something out here that every dumbass fan figured out three games ago. But uh, no. And not only that, so Gary Pinkle doesn't go for it like on fourth and one in the late part of the game when he should have kind of a unanimous decision that that probably was the way to go. And then on a fourth and five later in the game, Josh Henson calls a speed option play. (laughs) It's, it's, It's as if at this point they're like just doing it to show their middle finger or it's either that or Coach Henson just has zero zero idea about what play calling is or how it works. Yeah. No, the the speed option play, on that that got more press than anything, I think, because uh, nobody knew. Everybody in the stadium would have done a better job being an offensive coordinator than that guy at that moment. Bill Conley, who even in his article mentioned that he was reticent to jump on play calling. And, but he was like, even even he said, I mean, that's just, yeesh, you know, good yeah. Lord, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that's a good stance to have, though, is that you can't ever just take one play sure. and, and take that out of context. But something that <clears throat> I was talking to some fans and that they're, they're talking about is, you know, if, if you grow up playing football, you get drilled into your head that you run, you know, off tackle, off tackle, off tackle, and then on the next play you run – you fake the off-tackle run, and you throw a pass, right? Sure. And, and it's like our offense hasn't even mastered that. <laughs> well, Brennan, I, Brian, I, I would give Josh Henson a personal hand jibber right now if he'll just run one fucking drag route. Just one drag route across the middle, an easy route, a tight end, something that Drew Locke has a chance of completing over the middle before the offensive line is pushed into his lap. Yeah. I mean, that's not fair, honestly. They don't get pushed into his lap at all because that would that would imply that they get their hands on somebody yeah. and they're being pushed backwards. They, they just, just get fucking blown apart. No, and they just stay at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, so, yeah. Come, come well, guys, I think it's time to ch- change gears a little bit, if you don't mind. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This... It's Kansas News. Our first story. Kansas man off to prison after knocking out groom at IHOP. At IHOP? Why was a groom at IHOP? That, that was my very first question. Maybe he punched him up because you just got fucking married and you're taking I think a in Kansas time. that's like yeah. the go-to place for wedding receptions. Mm-hmm. IHOP? That so. would be, I mean, that would Makes explain sense. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wichita, a Wichita man has been sentenced to nearly four years in prison after hitting a just-married groom at an IHOP last August. District Attorney Mark Bennett says 23-year-old Oliver Bradwell was sentenced Just married, Brian. I see the look on your face. Just married at an IHOP. Yeah. 45 months of prison and ple- after he pleaded guilty to aggregated months. battery. Damn. The Wichita Eagle reports the newly married Omar Galvez Hernandez and his wife were eating at the IHOP in... Their wedding clothes. Okay. A news release from Bennett says Bradwell hit Galvez Hernandez after he told him to show some respect when Bradwell made a derogatory comment towards his bride. Uh, Hernandez fell and hit his head, knocking him unconscious. Bradwell was ordered to pay $12,600 in restitution as part of a 36-month post-release supervision deal. 
So there you go. That oh. was not the way he thought his wedding night was going to go, I would imagine. No, like, I, I of course, wanna, maybe he should have known. I thought it would be covered in syrup and cum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to criticize the guy, but I also feel bad for him. For, yeah. you know, for being at IHOP after you got married. But feel I mean, bad for stood, the bride. He stood up. For, I, was, well, I was about to say, he stood up for his, you know, his bride, at least. He did, he did defend his lady. Something. Yeah. Oh, a Kansas teacher will not resign after anti-gay parents freak out at anti-bullying film. A Kansas school teacher said he was changing his mind about resigning after showing an anti-bullying short film to his history class, which led to a vociferous complaint from parents. The Wichita Eagle reported that Tom Leary, a teacher at Conway Springs Middle School, was expected to hand in his resignation after showing Love is All You Need uh, to three eighth-grade history classes. Uh, The 19-minute satirical film depicts a society in which same-sex relationships are conventional and a young girl is picked on for being heterosexual. The film was directed by Kim Rocco Shields and produced in 2011. And uh, it culminates with a fictional protagonist killing herself. That's that's interesting because I think for folks who are of that mindset, it's it's an interesting put-the-shoe-on-the-other-foot film. and probably way too high-minded for Kansas <laughs> students. <laughs> As you can imagine, the Kansas parents did not enjoy that their parent that their students were being uh, exposed to the idea that homosexual people were indeed human beings. <laughs> so um, they pr- protested and were demanding the resignation of said teacher. So there you go. Typical Kansas story. <laughs> This last story is a bit of good news because not a lot of good news happens in Kansas. And, and when it does, I think it's important that we share, you know? Brendan, I've mentioned on the show before that if we're only going to talk negatively about Kansas, that makes us fanatics and, and that uh, our opinion reputable. doesn't count. Right. And so we have to pat Kansas on the back when Kansas deserves a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. So Domino's Pizza is to hire 500 new employees in Kansas. Uh, Domino's stores in Topeka, Wichita, and Kansas City, Kansas are hiring about 500 people. The jobs will be spread amongst 44 stores by franchisees in the region. The jobs are for delivery drivers, pizza makers, and assistant managers. So finally, Kansas University of Kansas graduates will have a place to apply a, that degree. A place to apply their degree and yeah. actually get a job after graduation. Yeah. That's good news. So was, uh, I heard the business department is creating an internship that uh, just like you could basically get hired right away as a driver. Sure. If you graduate sure. with yeah. a, they're trying. They're with like an MBA from, yeah, with an MBA from Kansas. If, only with MBA. A, 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 certainly, a bachelor's degree from Kansas does not qualify <laughs> you for a Domino's delivery job. No, right. absolutely not. Okay. Well, and uh, Brian, I, I was going to ask you. Uh, a lot of times, we like to check in on that old Kansas football team, and uh, you know they haven't had the greatest year. I know that Missouri hasn't had a, a wonderful year, but I don't know. Are they doing worse than Missouri? You I know, can't remember. You know, Colin, I believe that they are. And so uh, yeah, at least we have that. Yeah, let's just check in on that football team. Yeah, so uh, they were playing Texas this week, and uh, Texas has been bad this year. So maybe they were probably pretty competitive. Yeah, that's a good chance for them to get a win. Probably Texas has been bad. Um, it just didn't quite get off to the start that they were hoping for. Uh, Drat. Yeah. So there was they were down seventeen to seven, and after the first quarter, and it just got worse after that. And uh, unfortunately, they have yet to find a victory. What's the final score on that one? It's still playing. It's still going on? Yeah. What's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the score now? What's the update for this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's 59 to 14. Well, that's just sad. Well, uh, better luck next time. We will keep on this Kansas football team and report the win if and 
if it ever happens. Sure. Yeah, and we just generally need to assume if they win, there will be no goalposts after the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. that you will look to the sky, it will be on fire, there will be horsemen riding across it. Mm-hmm. Probably about um, four of them I, or so. There will I be. and Brennan certainly will be sucked, being sucked into large cracks into the ground. Brian mm-hmm. might have a chance of being ascending to a higher plane. Ooh, exciting. Pace <laughs> will be flying in the air in a V formation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for Kansas News today. So, uh, God, it's been an exciting one, hasn't it? Yes, it has. We, we, we haven't got, uh, got it all even taken care of yet. I think we need to check in on the old SEC yet. Yes, we do. Okay, Brian, you ready to go around the horn? Yeah, let's do it. Jesus loves football. Colin, we didn't have uh, the fine bot with us last week. You were uh, out in Vanderbilt uh, country. I guess not last week, but during the uh, – uh, the last game. Yeah, I had. took him with me. It was a, it was a hoot. Yeah. Do you want to? We want to fire him up now. Nick Saban. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Let's get started. We shall indeed. Okay. And let's start with games that don't matter in the SEC. Right. Good place mm-hmm. to start. <clears throat> so in the first game that doesn't matter, Tennessee knocked off South Carolina twenty-seven twenty-four. Well, that was a close one, too. Oh, South Carolina blew it. They were driving the field ready to take this game and uh, make Butch Jones more miserable than he already is. And their tight end made a big catch across the middle, uh, worked hard for some extra yards, and fumbled the damn ball. It was, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I, uh, there's few things in this world I enjoy as much as watching Tennessee lose. Yeah, and uh, especially to South Carolina this year, which has not been good. You can't, deny, right. you cannot deny that they have played better since <laughs> Spurrier has been dethroned. <laughs> I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, I think you're you're right. right. Well, in the, in the next game, it doesn't matter. Auburn pulled off an upset this week. They beat Texas A&M 26-10. to 10. Yeah, not just a, a little squeaker either. They really moved by them. Yeah, Texas A&M has done what they always seem to do, and that is start out hot and then fall apart like a $2 pocket watch in a hammer mill. Yes, sir. And then in another upset, Arkansas, in overtime, after a crazy fourth down play, uh, knocked off Ole Miss 53-52. Old Miss kansas hard in this game. They kansas it up in the last 40 seconds. Yeah. There was a play. Arkansas basically completed about a 20-yard pass, needed 25 yards for a first down. Um, the receiver who caught it just blindly threw it backwards, uh, i.e. a lateral. It bounced around. Uh, an Arkansas player picked it up and ran it uh, about 28 yards for the first down. Uh, that led to overtime and uh, old Miss. Shat themselves. Mm-hmm. Hugh yes, Freeze's God uh, did not come through. Abandon him again. Yep. So it's crazy. The three teams that were just you know on fire it, while being in a dumpster at the beginning of the season in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Auburn all got a win. Good for them. Must mm-hmm. be nice. <laughs> what is a win? What is yeah. this thing you call win? Uh, and, and another game that we're pretty sure it's not going to matter, but I guess it still could, is Georgia just romped Kentucky uh, 27 to 3. Yeah. Well, Mark Rick can can hang his hat on that. Two teams that beat Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not saying a whole lot in the SEC right now. M-I-Z. <clears throat> Z-O-U, Paul. Uh, and then in, in a more interesting game, Florida uh, ranks number 10 currently in the lead for the SEC East and will looks like it will win at, will win the SEC East. They did. They bought, with this win, they, they officially clinched, clinched it. it. Yeah. There you go. And they ha- only have South Carolina left. So. Oh, that's right. Because they <laughs> Florida yeah. State. 
Um, they just squeaked out against Vanderbilt 9-7. to Yeah, Vanderbilt's uh, defense played stout all day. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt is running the Josh Henson uh, Missouri offense, so they were, couldn't move the ball. The football is brown! Yeah, they couldn't move the ball when they needed to and get in field goal range, even though Florida tried to penalty them down the field for a short time. Um, but, yeah, uh, Florida wins again. Vanderbilt uh, loses. But Vanderbilt, I, I don't know if this the play of late is something that Vanderbilt fans can look forward to or if it's just a fluke and Florida had an off night. But, um, yeah, Florida wins again and will represent the SEC East in Atlanta. You're right. And then the, the final game, obviously other than the Missouri game, which we already talked about, of the, of the weekend for the SEC is Alabama and LSU. Mm-hmm. Still going on, I assume. Yeah, the game is not quite completely over. Again, we're recording this on Saturday evening, but it looks like Alabama will hold off LSU for a victory. The Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick uh, Saban. Yes, Paul. Nick Saban. I, Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Breaking. I don't know. Nick Saban. It's. We're on that, Colin. It's. Uh, this is a big game for Alabama. A, uh, Nick Saban. I'm going to have to upgrade the cooling system if we're going to talk about Alabama football with him. Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, you all right, Paul? And uh, the. How you doing, Paul? Very well, thank you. No, he's oh, back. Okay, yeah, he's okay. Uh, you know, the big thing about this is that that brings LSU with one loss, Alabama with one loss. So I think Alabama jumps to the front of the SEC West now with this with this victory, and knocks LSU down. So depending on what happens, let's assume both of those teams win out the rest of the season. Alabama would play for the SEC championship game, um, and LSU would I think still have a shot at the college playoff. Well, Florida is going to have to play one of these teams, and um, I, I hate to say it, but I think uh, the West is going to take it again because i don't think i mean lsu already beat florida i don't think florida can beat lsu or uh, alabama so. you're right about that yeah so we could talk about um the playoff they finally released yeah we can the first uh the first uh four uh much to iowa hawkeye fans chagrin they were ranked nine <laughs> and uh were not given uh much mention uh, or any play in the playoff mentions but um they did not perform well against Indiana today, so they, they certainly did the Mizzou. Yeah, they certainly didn't lost to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. You, I think they were hoping for a fifty-point victory to rub it into uh, people's faces, but they did not do that against Indiana. But in terms say of from a Mizzou great fan, matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> from from a Mizzou fan standpoint, you know, hey, Indiana's a tough team, guys. <laughs> well, with the rankings, uh, <laughs> Clemson came out as the number one overall, with LSU two. Ohio State three and Alabama four, so that rounds out your four. Alabama and then yes, Paul, Alabama. They are a really good football team. We know your thoughts on Alabama, Paul. Alabama, yes, yes, uh, and Notre Dame five. Uh, so you know there'll be a little bit of a shakeup, obviously, with LSU being the only team mm-hmm. in there that lost this week. Yep. Nick Saban, yeah. Um, so you got to assume Alabama would probably squeak up one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, points and and Clemson beat a, a you know fairly good Florida State team, so they'll probably stay as one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the marquee win for them. Yeah, Ohio State um, really after the they won yep. the national championship last year, I thought, man, these guys look tough, and they have not really looked dominant yeah. this season. So uh, going into it, I'm going, hey, the SEC has a fair to good chance to win a national championship this year, but who knows? 
know, Ohio State catches fire again or, yeah. you know, God forbid Notre Dame win it. Ugh. Well, Urban, you know, figured out a way to get around his mandatory two weeks, two-game suspension for a uh, substance abuse by his quarterback. Yeah. Um, He's a shifty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which was well done. I mean, yeah. you found a loophole and drove a truck through it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that that's part of it, too, is is this week they didn't have their, their starting quarterback. Although, they, I mean, they, they looked fine. They beat Minnesota pretty easily. But it'll be an interesting, I think, way that that shakes out because there were some other big wins today. Um, Oklahoma State knocked off. Who TCU. TCU. Good TCU, God. Yeah. Um, Bloodbath. In a, in a big, big way. So I enjoy that because anything that makes the Big 12 look like a bunch of shit show assholes is, is um, all right by me. Yeah, but that makes Oklahoma State undefeated, um, and obviously TC hands TCU their first loss. So it'll be interesting to see what shakes out with that. With the other Big Twelve team, that's what does undefeated. Oklahoma State rank? Does it say there? I mean, going into this game, they were they were they were in the, the teens, I think. Or uh, well, they should make a jump then with Baylor. That's who I was trying to think of. With Baylor being the other undefeated uh, Big Twelve and not having a a championship game, so it'll be interesting to see how they. After last year, you know, kind of the the quote snub. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting, I think, rest of the of the season as some of these teams are going to kind of knock themselves off. As always, as they go. Um, but the one loss teams, right? I mean, how are you going to pick from what will end up being probably five or six really good one loss teams? Well, and at this in? point, there's still several undefeated teams, and how do you keep them out for a one loss Alabama or mm-hmm. LSU? Mm-hmm. But uh, trust me, college football will find a way. Yeah, sorry, Memphis. <laughs> well, anyway, well, do you want to you want to buzz through the games in the SEC we got for next week, real quick? Yeah. So. Uh, Arkansas is going to go down and play LSU. Pretty mm-hmm. sure we all know how that one will turn out. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, the Tiggers. LSU. Yep, I think yeah, we all got, got that it, one. Paul. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Georgia is playing Auburn. Oh, well. That is Two a, real fucked up programs. Yeah, that's a shit show. Who are you guys taking on that one? I'm going to take, oh boy. Uh, it shouldn't be this hard, but I guess I'm going to go with Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Auburn's been playing better, but I think that you, you got to stick with Georgia at this point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I tend to – Well, I, you know what? I'll go Auburn just to be a contrarian on this one. I think it's closer to a toss-up than most people probably yeah, realize. I, I, I think you're right, yeah. For, Paul, who you got? Auburn. Well, that's not a surprise. He likes the West better yeah. in all circumstances. Yeah. So, uh, Florida is playing the South Carolina Cox mm-hmm. of game. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Tennessee, like that one. Uh, yeah, Tennessee hosts North Texas. Uh, I'm going to go Tennessee on that one, Brian. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Even North- Butch Jones couldn't fuck that up. Tennessee. North Texas is a one and eight, mm-hmm. so not very slightly worse than Missouri. Uh, Vandy plays host to Kentucky in a mm-hmm. game which everybody will yawn and probably not watch. Although I got to tell you, after what Vanderbilt did against Florida. And uh, Kentucky doesn't seem to be, you know, Four in its meters. best shape right now after getting yeah. beat by Georgia. Who Vanderbilt knows? could get their yeah. second SEC win. I mean, it's a meaningless game, like I said, but uh, I, I, I'd right. hate to pick it. Uh, and then Texas A&M plays host to West Carolina. Another one of these late season non conference shitty games. But in probably the in probably the biggest game of the SEC, Mississippi State hosts Alabama coming into town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's should that's. I mean, we saw it on Thursday night. Mississippi State knows how to move the ball. They've got a good quarterback. Um, Dak Prescott. I don't know. I mean, our 
at least in the first half, our defensive uh, line seemed to have their way with uh, Mississippi State. So I feel like against Alabama, Dak Prescott's going to be running around for his life quite a bit. But um, you know, anytime a team has a good quarterback, you got a chance. That's right. In Mississippi State, they're a solid team, and coming off of a big win against LSU, it's a classic trap game. It's a trap. Yep. So that danged old atheist Mullen is going to have to get his. Team ready to play the Crimson Tide. Let's do a pick on that one, Brian. Who you got? Should we even ask Paul, though, who he thinks is going to win? Let's not even say it. Brian. Don't get it. He's just getting cooled back down. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, I, I, you know, I I do think it it could be a trap game, but I I don't know how you can pick against Alabama. Alabama. Nick Saban. Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, Alabama. 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 Exactly. And yep. then in the in the actual last SEC game, Missouri is still in the SEC, I guess. Um, they haven't re- been voted out yeah, yet. Yeah, haven't revoked our membership at this point. They haven't revoked Vanderbilt's membership. They're not going to revoke ours. And we sort of play host to BYU in, in Kansas City mm-hmm. um, at Arrowhead in a yep. game that... The Fighting Mormons. In a game that I... Who knows who's on the field for us? Yeah. Well, my th- th- thought is is that um, they're going to force what's his name to resign. I think it's. Well, I think it might be a bad look for the university just to flat out fire him. But at the same time, I bet there's a meeting going on probably as we speak where the heads of the university are going. Here's a severance. Just please, just resign, mm-hmm. so we can be rid of all this. Yeah. And that poor fella can get a sandwich. <laughs> get, that, get that guy some Chick-fil-A. He's, he's been real hungry. Yeah, so it, uh, that rounds out the SEC for next week. All right, thanks a lot, Brian. This has been Around the SEC. The Horn. So, fellas, we've done it again. We've ruined a perfectly good hour of our lives talking sure. about Missouri football. A couple things to wrap up. Follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Give us a review on iTunes. No, n- new thing, Colin, I wanted to mention. Uh, we put up a, a, a user forum on our website, mazodcast.com. So you can go on there and uh, start a new thread or join in an existing thread. Talk about what's going on in the world of Tiger football. And uh, unlike other other forums, uh, feel free to just let us have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no hold barred. Nothing is too offensive for us except soccer. Oh, Brendan, before we uh, do too much to end the show... We've got to give out a certain award. Oh, is that right? An award that is named after a former Mizzou quarterback whose hair is the envy of every woman on the fucking planet. Spun gold. It's time for... Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. You betcha. All right, guys. To me, it's an obvious pick. Once again, a guy who's worn... The Golden Fleece, many, many times this year, Kentrell Brothers. Yep, he can take solace in the fact that while the uh, big-time awards, the national awards may elude him, Kirk Farmer's hair will rest upon his head once again. Brian, you got any objection to that call? No. I I think that we could just go ahead and cue that, like record that, and we'll just play that every week. Yeah, save us a little time and trouble. All right, Kentrell Brothers, you may not be a Buckus winner, but you are once again the proud owner of the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award for Week 9. And Brian, uh, something we've started to do is have a tweet of the week. Uh, Got something loaded for us? Yeah, I do. Uh, So we're going to go back to some of the talk around mock and the suspension and everything. So the shout-out this week goes to Ben DeClue. 
Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's pronounced that way. Declare. It must be French, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he is at Ben Declare, if you want to follow him on Twitter. Please follow him. And mm-hmm. he tweets us that if head coach Gary Pinkers, Pinkle, I can't speak. It's very easy, easy for you to say, Brian. Reading is tough. I know. You want to give that another shot? He gave me this job. <laughs> Why do I have to read stuff on Twitter? You mm-hmm. guys just make crap up. I can't read, so that rules me out. But please, go ahead. If head coach Gary Pinkle suspends a player but refuses to talk about it, did it really happen? It's a no. fair question. I mean, we know that things don't really count unless they're verified by a certain... Well, our favorite news poacher. <laughs> yeah. Remains Dave nameless. Matter of Not nameless. weigh in on that. Yeah. Guys, I wanted to bring up one fact. Uh, we thought it was a joke. Uh, worldwide text calling us and, and made that uh, we thought was an irreverent joke, saying it was going to be the whiteout game against BYU, but actually is, and I think that is going to be a PR nightmare <laughs> well, for the Tigers and also, this weekend. Titanic size Dear nightmare. Christ, so, they're they got T-shirts, the Mizzou whiteout, whiteout. <laughs> Which you guys got to burn those T-shirts. Can, can we also ask why BYU's colors are white? Like, why changed, would that hey. even be the thing going in? But before all this other hey, stuff happened, PR miracle. Let's mix it up. Let's change it to blackout. <laughs> That'll be better. That would, uh, yeah, I do have a suggestion for these late November game, mid late November games. Let's not try to get a single color going because everybody does it. Everybody complies, and then they put their multicolor coats on. Yeah, yeah, because it's cold, yeah. and then it doesn't really have any effect. So, uh, yeah, good luck, Mizzou football, with the PR shitstorm you've yeah. got going on this well, week. Except again, I not to blame the point. I don't think it's a football program no. that's going to no. take the heat there. Football program all. is going to be is is good. Football program's taken a pretty good look in all this. With, like I said, between the Michael Sam stuff and now this, the football program is uh, on the right set of history. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we did it again, guys. We did we it. We fucking nailed it. Yeah, let's wrap this sucker up with a nice little bow and uh, shut her down until uh, well, we'll do another midweek show for you, and then we'll take on BYU in Kansas City. So, till then, M I Z C O U. Go Tigers. It shoots pussy.